I've been doing uh, lives on Patreon, you guys. So, you know, this work-life balance, I haven't uh, figured it out yet. So I am excited to be here and to talk about this very, very important topic, you guys. But let's get a few of the nitty gritty out of the way. Uh, you guys, welcome. Welcome. Happy Friday. I hope you're getting ready for the holiday season. Um, great to see a lot of the regulars here. Shout out to Jaslo, Diana, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, okay. Melanated way. Beautiful thing. We are going to jump into a very serious topic, something that I've always actually wanted to know a lot more about. And I wanted to figure out what's truth and what's not truth and debunk myths and all of that stuff. And we're going to have the opportunity to do that today um, with very special guest, Memphis, and our resident expert friend, immigration extraordinaire, April Holloway. So uh, let's just get started. You guys don't forget to like and subscribe. Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show. And uh, we're going to get into it. And we're going to start by just one woman's story. This and many may know me from a role that I played on a television show. Um, what I'm here to talk about is immigration marriage fraud. It is something that I've had to deal with and is still continuing to deal with for the last couple of years now. I feel like there is not enough awareness out there and not enough support um, for people going through these situations. And when I speak about immigration marriage fraud, I'm not speaking about anyone based on their religion, their ethnicity, their um, culture. None of those things matter to me. What matters to me is the intent behind someone marrying an individual. And the reason why immigration marriage fraud needs to be spoken about is because there's so much complex things that happen um, and so many more risk factors that one needs to be able to have that information to make sure they're making the right decision. And when children are involved, that is where I as a mother need to stand up and talk about those things that I have experienced and also what others have experienced over the, the couple of decades. Now, to let you know, I will not be speaking about any details regarding my actual lived experiences as I need to preserve the evidence that I have for the right people. But this is the start to bringing awareness. And that is where we're going to get started, you guys. Let's welcome our resident immigration attorney in Holloway and our very special guest, Memphis. And Memphis, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for just sharing your story and, and bringing awareness to something that I think happens more often than people realize, right? And so yes. what I wanted to do was kind of just start with a little bit of intro. And I'm going to start with you, April, for those that if you don't know April, it's clear that you don't follow our channels, you don't watch our shows, but we're welcoming new people here. So that being said, Memphis, that being said, uh, do you want to do a brief intro of who you are and, and why you are an expert in this field? Why well, I'm an expert because I say I am. <laughs> I've been working in immigration for approximately 12 years. I'm on the family and victim-based side of immigration. So I'm doing family petitions, asylum, U visas, T visas. I don't touch business very much. Uh, a national interest waiver every once in a while. 
So I do see cases where people are found to not have a bona fide marriage. I have seen cases where there is an allegation of marriage fraud, and I have seen cases where USCIS actually found marriage fraud. Well, there you go. I mean, hello, Smarty 2 by 4 And Memphis, uh, for people that may not know you, do you want to talk about a little bit who you are? <laughs> um, I'm just Memphis. I was on a TV show. Um, where, you know, they wanted to, you know, view what was going on in our lives. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, Memphis is being very modest. Very so I, like very modest. So I am going to try to help her out a little bit. And I'm going to go into my resources here. Oh, no. Uh, Memphis is... Um, She's a success story, you guys. And I think that we haven't talked about this enough, uh, especially, you know, being on the show that we we all love and follow so religiously. But Memphis is a nurse. She put herself through school. She is an overcomer, like she said, of the foster care system, homelessness. And if you can imagine and put that as a background, this woman, okay, has, has put herself through school, has children, has done all the things and it's standing, you know what? You better not start crying because I, know. I start crying. <laughs> it's just that a lot. Memphis <laughs> is know. a boss and not just <sighs> a boss boss, like a boss boss, BSN boss boss. Like she, she's not like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not even gonna say that because I have respect for <laughs> LPNs and all this stuff. But let me tell you, nursing and nursing degree is not easy. And mm -hmm. as you guys know, People, we've just went through a global pandemic. So the nurses yes. who we relied on, okay, every day, all day. And then you can imagine an RN, BSN, she put, she did that thing. So like Crystal says, Memphis is a boss. That's all I'm going to say. So she is that part, nurse practitioner. Yes. My, right. yes. my understanding of a nurse practitioner is basically they're the doctors. They do all the work <laughs> and the yeah. doctors come and sign off. But yeah. what do I know? Can I add something, Linda? Absolutely. One of the things that I was really impressed with in your story, because as you know, I used to be a foster parent, is that you, despite the fact of what happened with you and your mom, I don't know if it's still true or not, but um, you still wanted to have a relationship with her and you were still forgiving and understanding of, of, of what happened um, in your youth such that you were able to you know, to try and move on to having a relationship with her still at that point in the show. So I don't know if that's still going on, but at least I appreciated your heart from that perspective because I saw what my kids would go through with their parents. And it would be an easy choice for a lot of them to just never talk to their parents again. You know, and it's, it's so ironic that you made that statement because in this situation with um, the person that I went through the immigration marriage fraud with she actually was was there a lot um she had my back and and i kind of look at life as it's not what you did in your past but what you're trying to do to to mend things in the future right because you never know that person that you may think have failed you in the beginning is that person that lifts you up when you really, really need it and nobody else is there, you know? So I just always want to give certain people like that gap 
to be able to improve and show me who they're, you know, who they are through their struggles. And that's what, you know, I did for, you know, with my mom and, you know, we're always working on our relationships. No, no one's perfect, but by God, it was, it was grateful that they were there. I love that. I love that. So now that we know who everyone is, and I mean, I'm not going to introduce myself because if y'all don't know, then <laughs> and I just try to Shout out to Crystal for, she's like, Memphis, yeah. Yes. Like, I love her. Yes. She's so sweet. But Crystal's I, also a boss. But, but do I also see my name anywhere here, Crystal? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I see where we are. Being, right? Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Uh, that being said, let's go ahead and start uh, the definition. Because I think a lot of the times people throw out things and um, a lot of it is not true. People hear things and even myself, I've heard things throughout the years and oftentimes I don't know what's truth and what's not truth. And so I'm happy we're doing this because oftentimes you hear people loosely throw out, oh, just send them back or, or take their green card or take their um, visa or take whatever, right? And they just think it's that simple which is not the case. And oftentimes too, when we talk about immigration marriage fraud, we don't know exactly know what that means. So we're going to start with the definition um, that has been fact-checked. So y'all don't come for me. And obviously the definition is broad, has broad strokes, um, but I'm going to just read it verbatim. So you probably heard the expression marrying for a visa or green card marriage. And that's specific to the United States because everywhere else is slightly different. So we're going to be talking about the United States specifically. Uh, but what, but what does that mean? Foreign nationals might believe that marrying a United States citizen will get them a green card or a permanent resident card, but that is not always the case. According to the Immigration and Nationality Act, the INA, several issues may prevent a foreign spouse from getting a lawful permanent residency in the U.S., including marriage fraud. So how marriage fraud happens. Marriage fraud or a sham marriage is a union entered solely to obtain an immigration visa. The usual fact pattern is sham marriage in a sham marriage is that non-citizens and U.S. citizens get married under the thought of immigration benefits, right? And, and what they can get from coming to the United States. And, you know, oftentimes people talk about um, bettering their lives and the land of opportunity and all this stuff, right? So they feel like this is the fast track uh, to doing that. So they'll meet all the law requirements, including medical tests, licensing, and wedding ceremonies. But the parties do not intend to enter a bona fide marriage and live as a couple. The U.S. citizen, and this is only in one instance, so this is a specific instance. And I have to do the disclaimer that this is not the instance for Memphis's story. I'm just giving a broad definition, right? So the U.S. citizen is paid to marry the non-citizen to enable them to gain status as a lawful permanent resident. It goes on to say that those who commit marriage fraud could face severe criminal penalty penalties, and we can ask April what those penalties are. Um, penalties could include deportation, proceedings, jail time, et cetera, et cetera. Immigration authorities scrutinize these cases to assess the eligibility of foreign spouses. There have also been situations where a bona fide marriage, a real marriage, bona fide means real, 
fell out, yet the non-citizen forces the U.S. citizen spouse to keep the marriage for as long as needed to gain permanent resident status. So how does the U.S. government monitor marriage fraud? The Immigration Marriage Fraud Amendment of 1986 established the two-year conditional status for non-citizen spouses seeking permanent residency. The U.S. government requires that the family still exists by the end of the two-year period to avoid any immigration consequences. Non-citizens receive conditional permanent residency for marriage under two years. This will be converted to full permanent resident status after two years of marriage. The U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which is commonly known as USCIS, I know it well. <laughs> I know it well. Y'all remember when I was stuck here? My green card expired in the middle of the pandemic. I was just stuck. Anyways, um, the U.S. <laughs> Citizenship and Immigration Services will decide whether the conditional resident and the U.S. citizen spouse married in good faith and continued living together. This process could involve appearances before an immigration judge in an immigration court, but it's usually a simple interview like the one conducted for the green card. So there's types of marriage fraud, like I said, so that's just a broad stroke. There are types of marriage fraud and this is not all inclusive. These are examples of marriage frauds comes in many forms. The USCIS has identified the following types of marriage fraud. One, a U.S. citizen is paid to marry a foreign national. Two, a U.S. citizen marries the foreign national as a favor. Three, a foreign national defrauds a U.S. citizen who believes their marriage is legitimate. That is where we are. That is what that is where we're gonna start. That's the base, that's where um, Memphis has her story. So we're gonna be working from that point of view. Mail order marriages where, uh, where either the US citizen or the foreign national knows that the marriage is fraudulent and these are lottery fraudulent marriages, which I, this is the first time I'm hearing about this April, the visa lottery one, never heard of it before. Yeah, it's pretty common. So that being said, um, I'm gonna, Move it over to April. April, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, expanding on that definition of what immigration marriage fraud is? Yeah, so let's talk about what immigration requires for them to find that there has been a bona fide marriage. It doesn't have to be that the person was considering, they could consider an immigration benefit, but it can't be the sole purpose. So as long as there is evidence that the person intended to reside together with their spouse, intended to be in a marriage, that can be considered a bona fide marriage. And just because they don't find a bona fide marriage doesn't mean that they're going to find fraud. There is a space between not finding a bona fide marriage and then they have to have substantial and clear evidence if they're going to find fraud. So we get decisions all the time that say we don't find a bona fide marriage in this situation and you can refile, you can appeal, whatever. It takes quite a bit for USCIS to get to the point that they find that there was fraud. So it at that point, you're going, it, it takes quite a bit for them to get to that point that they're going to find fraud. Hmm. That is typically going to take subpoenas, some house visits, unless there is a true, clear, and convincing bit of evidence. And the case that comes to mind for me is if you guys remember Eve who married Muhammad, 
he sent text messages to another woman saying, just wait yes. until I get my residency card and yes. then I can leave this woman yep. and I can be with you. Yeah. That's a great example, actually. It's a really great example to put in perspective. Yeah. Now we watching the show and it doesn't look like, you know, from our perspective, he's that interested in that marriage. That it's and it's of itself is not marriage fraud, but that text is. Gotcha. Gotcha. So even if someone, so what you're saying, April, just so that I'm clear, is that even if someone presents in their actions, like they're not 100% in the marriage, unless you have tangible evidence, then it's very hard to prove it to USCIS. Is that It's correct? very hard. They can add up circumstantial things, but it has to be a lot unless you have a very direct thing. So for example, if you have, let's go back to bona fide marriage. Bona fide marriage, they wanna see financial entanglement. They wanna see that you're participating in activities together with extended family. If you have extended family, they wanna see children born into the marriage. In my opinion, they overemphasize the birth of children as a bona fide marriage to the point where people end up having kids that they don't really intend to take care of. Um, but that for them is a major factor. Um, so those are things they look for to say that this is a bona fide marriage. Circumstantial things that they can look at to say that, you know, we're teeter-tottering on marriage fraud here is if after the divorce of the couple, the, the immigrant spouse goes back and marries someone that they were the previously married to or previously had a relationship with. Oh. That's one of those circumstantial things that happens more often than you think. Oh, wow. Um, um, other circumstantial things would be if there's if there's not a um, unilateral agreement to pay money, but every single time the marriage becomes threatened, mm -hmm. you want to they want to give hush money. Gotcha. Like, just stay with me. I'm gonna give you this money. Gotcha. Okay. If you have multiple circumstantial things that line up, then they can find marriage fraud, but they're generally going to want to see something overwhelming. Now, would it still? So, let's say that's the situation where someone is like, "Okay, I'll, I'm going to pay you to to be quiet." Can does the person that takes the money does that does that affect the situation? Well, so it depends. If um, it is a U.S. citizen that's taking the money. The U.S. citizen probably is not going to see any repercussions from that, to be quite honest with you, unless there are no repercussions. They're generally not going to see any repercussions from that. If it's a green card holder, they could. Gotcha. Now, I wanted to, you said something about the children. I want to circle back to that. Um, is the emphasis on having children uh, the same as anchor children? Because that's something that I've heard a lot as well. So the reason why they're overemphasizing the birth of children is because it's the only direct evidence we have that the sex that the that the sex <laughs> that the marriage is consummated. So they overemphasize the birth of children as proof of sexual relationship. So what is anchor children then? There is no such thing. Oh. I, it is literally my. I hate when people talk about anchor babies. It is not a thing. Oh, but I hear it all the time. Though, I bro. know. It drives me insane. There is no way that you can get residency just because you have a U.S. citizen child. It, it, it's frustrating. It is a Republican talking point oh. to try and punish women 
who are having children um, as immigrants. I had no idea. Like, honestly, I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Did you know that, Memphis? So um, I heard a different type of way from, so I don't want to start getting deep into some other stuff. So I'll just wait. I'll just wait. You'll wait. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to jump into the comments. Vanessa says, hey, Linda, April, Memphis, good to see you all today. Uh, Dolphins oh. Morris says, hello, Linda and April, just here to support my girl Memphis. My bad mom. I, okay, so we, uh, Colty's ma, what is this? Colty's, what? Well, I, I, I don't have a license to practice in Canada, so that's a non-starter. Yeah, Diana, we'll have to circle back to that. I know I'm Canadian and she's living in my hometown, but we're going <laughs> to to this right here. Um, yeah, Crystal said, I've heard people think it's a real thing. I've seen it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was real. It's not. You taught me something new. Okay, so let's pull this up, April, as we continue to talk about what exactly immigration and marriage fraud is before we move forward. Um, do you want to tell the viewers what this is? This is yes. Yeah, so keep in mind that we're all in different jurisdictions. Um, immigration law is supposed to be federal. It's really not. It's guided by circuits. So keeping in mind that all three of us are in different jurisdictions. This is one case that I pulled that talks about the standard required to show marriage fraud. And that standard is substantial and probative evidence, which is more than a preponderance, but less than clear and convincing. So if you try to compare it to like a criminal standard, in criminal cases, you have to find that um, there's the person committed the crime without a reasonable doubt, right? This is higher than that standard. Uh, we're gonna stop for a second because they really wanna hear you, April. Apparently you have a little bit of an echo. Oh. <laughs> okay, how's that? Now I hear it, I didn't hear it before. Go back to whatever it was before. Okay, how am I now? I'm. I don't mind this. So, uh, you guys, I don't mind this. Let me know in the comments if if you're hearing still an echo. But let's go through this. So this is a matter of piecing beneficiary of a visa petition filed by uh, Rewaj Anand Singh, who's the petitioner. Uh, does anyone else have another YouTube tab open? No, I don't. I have some other tabs open. I'll just close those. I'm gonna try okay, one last thing. Okay. Okay, I just unplugged my mic. How's that? Better. Yeah. Okay. I unplugged my mic. Okay. So we'll so see how that goes. One of these, what point do you want to go through on this? Oh, that was it. I just wanted to show you the standard. That was all. I, I don't want to like go through the case or anything like that. I just want to show you that it's a pretty high standard so that when you hear people say, get his green card taken away, or we watch like Danielle harassing Muhammad with her big binder of trying to get an annulment to get him um, deported. It's not that easy. It's It's not that easy to establish marriage fraud. As I'm reading through it, it's quite a bit actually, right? substantial and pro probative evidence. And it says 
the evidence has to be more than probably true that the marriage is fraudulent. Correct. Wow. Wow. Okay. So we've established what immigration marriage fraud is. Um, and so I'm going to start with you, April. What do you do if you find yourself in this situation? Well, you have options. The echo's back, isn't it? No. Is it? A little. You have options ranging from you're not going to do anything. Um, some people choose to do nothing for a variety of reasons. Maybe they share children and they you know, don't want the other person to be deported. Um, maybe they just don't really care that much. Um, you can also take more um, aggressive options. Uh, you can contact USCIS. Uh, generally, by mail is going to be the best way to contact them. Even if you don't get a response back from USCIS, anything that you send goes into that person's A file so that when they apply to remove conditions from their residency or when they apply to renew their residency or when they apply for citizenship even, it gets reviewed again uh, each time. And even though you personally may not know the results of that correspondence ever, something may be being done about it. So in a lot of the cases where I've seen where an individual mailed a letter into USCIS, no response was ever sent to them. And unless they know that person's family or have a reason to still be involved in their life, they're not going to know the outcome. And I think that really eats people up on the inside sometimes. But USCIS has no obligation to communicate back with you. Wow. Um, I want to jump over to Memphis. Um, and Memphis, I wanted you to maybe share your story as much or as little as you can so that we can put it in context as we move forward in this important discussion. All right. Well, I think it's important that April touch a little bit on the difference between a CR1 and like a K-1 visa, because that will give people a little bit more idea of the difference between my situation and maybe yes. most of the other people on the show. Okay, so let's talk right. about that. What are the differences, April, between a CR-1 visa and a K-1 visa? So when you're watching the typical 90 Day Fiance story, we're watching people who are applying for K visas, which are a fiance visa. That means the person's going to arrive in the United States and then they have 90 days to get married. That's where the title of the show comes from, 90 Day Fiance. After they get married in that 90 days, they can then apply for residency. If the marriage is less than two years, the time the residency is granted, they're going to get a CR1, a conditional residency. If the marriage is over two years at the time that it's the, the visa is approved, then they're going to get a 10-year residency, IR1. So what's different about Memphis's case is because they got married first, there was no K visa. That means when Hamza arrived in the United States, he arrived as a resident. Oh. With conditions. A resident, a resident without stepping foot in the U.S.? Correct. So okay. what happens is you go to your consular interview, you get a stamp in your passport, which is a provisional entry into the U.S., during that time, it's very important. You cannot change anything about your status when you're going from that consular interview to the time that you enter the United States. I want to give a really quick example because this happens a lot. So let's say that you got approved because one of your parents filed a petition for you and they filed a petition for you as an unmarried child. Well, what happens sometimes is people will get go to their interview, they get approved, and then before they actually come into the U.S., they get married because they think I'm going to get married real quick. 
And then when I get to the US, I'll file a petition for my spouse. Well, guess what? Your visa is no longer valid because you were approved as an unmarried child. So now once you arrive to the door of the US, you've changed your status. Can we circle back? Cause I'm stuck yes. and shocked. So you can get married and never step foot in the United States of America and become a resident yeah. and then fly to the US and boom, you're a resident day one already. So he had a provisional grant. Conditional, yeah. Yeah. Well, just for the for the okay. flight. Yeah. And then once he arrived in the US, he's a conditional resident. Okay. So then I guess my question is what would stop anyone who wants to quote unquote better their life from entering into a, a fraudulent marriage? Had I known that, like, not that I would do it, but I mean, if people know that, then what stops them from doing that? Linda, people do know that. Oh, well, people <laughs> So and that's we, why they do it, we, and that's why it's so rampant. We've seen this. Mm -hmm. we, we've seen this on the show. We remember the older lady that we all loved with the fans and the fanfare. Oh, Debbie. And, and the, yeah, yeah, Debbie. Yeah. And the and guy Debbie basically like he couldn't, couldn't keep up with the facade anymore, and was just like, "I'm just waiting for you to take me to the U.S." <laughs> that's true, but he was a ding dong, so I didn't really even think that that was going to go past the the season i'm shocked no people know that. and that's why sometimes people will advocate for doing a marriage in their home country and then filing for the visa as opposed to doing a k visa because it's less time that they have to spend with you to put up with you to get their yeah. so what the with with my situation right the conditional residency he's that individual will still have to remove the conditions, try to do that without me, you know, and so petition on his own. But then, like April says, making sure that those documents are there to prove that there was, you know, bona fide um, relation, marriage or whatnot. But yeah, so that is definitely a, a, a thing that obviously a lot more people know um, than, I guess, the U.S. or what we look at, I guess. I don't know. You know, I'm shocked and I'm not the only one. Crystal's like, oh, interesting. Passport bros. Uh, so much is clicking for me right now. Tatiana says, yeah, like I, I had no idea, mm -hmm. but you know what? I think that if you go and I'm not, I'm saying allegedly, but if you mm -hmm. allegedly go into a situation knowing how to game the system, then you're going to game the system. Like, what do you have to lose? They're, they can either say no, or you can be a resident and never have been in America before. That's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. So that is, that's why I decided to start talking because before, right, before I even really came out with everything and I was going through my thing and they were posting him and his sister and stuff like that, um, people were writing me. I guess there's like this whole underground thing where a lot of individuals from certain areas and countries they they talk to each other and they kind of game each other on on how to do certain things I, i'm just like shocked april i know we talked about this uh while we talk about 90 day fiance but uh for those of you guys that haven't been here and it's been a minute uh what are the hot countries april that you find that there are, there are kind of like a little bit of a questionable marriages because you've talked about this before. 
Yeah, so some of the countries that the U.S. government has identified as having a high degree of fraudulent marriages are the Dominican Republic, uh, Morocco, Nigeria, Nigeria, Egypt. Egypt. So Canada has a special one for the individual from the, the Tunisian. They actually literally have a whole warning for the travel. So they have a have a problem over there with the, I guess some of the individuals from Tunisia. So. Is it related to like love fraud? Mm -hmm. um, they actually have a. I actually have a link. I should have sent it to Linda. Um, it just states for older women. Oh, I can hear the echo. Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. Um, that yeah, that specifically states that you know, you know older women need to be careful about that you know region of of men because they try to gain access and they end up pretty much being broke or going bankrupt. So yeah, it's a huge financial strain, I guess, on, on Canada. Y'all, you guys are blowing my mind right now. Um, okay, so we talked about the K-1 visa. So the K-1 visa is the, uh, the fiance visa. The CR-1 visa is the conditional visa they get after they've been married, right? Yeah, if the marriage is less than two years old, then they get a conditional residency, which is two years long. And how is that different than having um, like a spousal visa? Because mm -hmm. um, Michael and Angela, right, got married and then the K-1 visa didn't work for them. So then she wanted to apply for a spousal visa. What is that called? Just spousal visa? So they're both spousal visas. It's okay. just that one is conditional and for two years and the other one is permanent for 10 years. Gotcha. So they're both spousal visas. But with you, at the end of that two years, when you want to move from the conditional residency to the permanent residency for 10 years, you have to either be filing jointly with your spouse that you're still living together and a married couple or you have to ask for a waiver of the joint filing. Got it. So back to you, Memphis. So we are in a situation where there has been a conditional CR1 visa granted. Do you want to take it from there? Um, so first and foremost, I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, kind of some quick like red flags. And I don't even like to use that word, right? Um, but some things that I want women and of course, I'm saying women because I'm a woman. So that's the perspective that I can give um, is to be very cognizant and not being thinking that if the family seems involved, then it's a real thing, especially, you know, us in the U.S., we look at certain cultures and we're like, oh, you know, if the family's involved because they like to usually stay with their own, then they're really accepting, then they probably really love you. So then you get that thought in your mind. If the mom and the sister and the brother or whatnot are involved, right, then you think that it's going to be more bona fide. But that doesn't mean that. What it means that you're a meal ticket, you know, so you're an investment. And um, so if you don't really look at that or notice that, then, you know, it can sweep you off your feet. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing, I mean, that we do in relationships, even in the U.S., you know, we have to be careful, but more because there's risk international is giving away too much information about ourselves. Right. Right. You know, too early. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about abandonment issues, you know, your home life, things that you think are going to bring you together and understand each other actually are things that they're going to use against you or can use against you. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have a family. You don't have that that good connection. Um, so then they're going to give that to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So then it clouds all these other thoughts or, you know, anything that someone else is going to tell you about this person, because you know what? They're giving you everything that you're telling them that you need. Mm hmm. You know? Yep. Using it. That is 100%. Not only like just gaslighting, but it's very manipulative. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to go ahead and throw it. Love you, Memphis. So proud of you to speak up, right? It can't be easy, right? Because you yes. relationships are hard as it is. Um, marriages are even harder. But to, to be in a specific situation and also be a public figure, it, it, I mean, we all applaud you for, for sharing your story. But you're also helping someone someone's gonna see this video and be like oh you know what just like me like what i didn't you could be a resident what so you know tom in australia when you're like oh i want to marry, marry Lisa. let's get married but i'm not gonna come and see you until i got my conditional snuffle i know better now so there's no tom you guys so just calm down sure. <laughs> i made it up Y'all know that I'm a creative, so don't come for me about nonsense. Okay, so that so let's uh, go back on point with um, the visa. So we're clear on the K-1 visa, the C CR-1 conditional, and then also 10-year visa, uh, which are both spousal visas. One of the things I did want to ask you, April, is, is it, since we're all, you know, talking about this, so Michael and Angela... Is Michael ever going to be able to come to America or is it because Nigeria is one of the countries that you talked about uh, that's on the list at USCIS that he may never come? I honestly have no idea what's going on with his case. I, I'm starting to speculate that maybe she didn't even file it and mm. because there's there has been a backlog in Nigeria. They did take a quite a while to clear out their COVID backlog, mm -hmm. but it shouldn't have it, he shouldn't be waiting this long. So either that, either either she didn't file when she said she did, or she never filed, or there's something that's happening in his background that was also the same reason that he couldn't get cleared for the fiance visa. Mm, because, you know, it doesn't have to be, USCIS doesn't say you have to have a good relationship. They said you had to have a bona fide relationship. Can we talk about the uh, financial component of it as well? Not not the, like, once they're here in America and, the, and you know, they can't work for X amount of time. Although with the CR1, he could get a job immediately. Right. Okay, but mm -hmm. for those that don't have the CR1, like they're on the K1 and they're waiting, uh, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the cost it takes to get these visas. Can we talk a little oh, bit about that, April? Yeah. Um, so there's filing fees associated with everything. The filing fee associated with the first petition is 535. The filing fee for the adjustment of status, if you're doing it here in the U.S., is 1225. If you're doing a consular process, the filing fees are 120 and 325. Um, and then you also have to pay for a medical exam. You also have to pay for police clearance reports. It's pretty expensive. 
And is that if you're doing it on your own, not including lawyer fees like yourself? That's, yeah, those are just the USCIS fees and state fees. So if you're hiring for that process for, for K-1 and adjustment status, you're looking at 3,500 to 10,000 additional. So it's a pretty expensive process. Most of the time we see our 90 couples doing it on their own. I, I mean, I don't know if this is a legitimate question, but does it tend to be the Americans or, or the citizens that are paying these fees? It does, because we usually see countries that don't have a conversion rate where they're ever really going to be able to pay those fees. Mm -hmm. That's there's, there's, we've had one guy from Spain that I remember. Um, everyone else is dealing with currency that's going to be a very hard conversion. Wow. Okay, so back to you, Memphis. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so we're back to you. Uh, we've passed the visa process. We've passed the uh, conditional component of it. Um, do we want to now talk a little bit about what it looks like, what's next? And that can be Memphis or April. So we're here. The marriage doesn't work out. Where do we go? Memphis, you want me to talk? Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. The people want to hear from you. Okay. So um, I would like to revert back, and it's not that the marriage did not work out, it's that on one end, the person was not wanting a marriage there that let me correct myself yes like i said i would never talk about something that is not true to facts period it's a waste of time and energy right mm -hmm. i wanted to say another thing okay this is a key factor because i was so dumb okay i just was when a person wants to come over here and it's for more of a permanent reason, not because of you, they're not going to want to do a travel visa, okay? Or like they don't want to do anything that's going to be temporary, right? They're going to make any type of excuse to be like, no, that, that's not going to work. Or, you know, I, I've tried visas or we've researched, that's a big thing. And they're not giving these visas outright, tourist visa. Um, so those are some flags too. Don't ever let someone tell you that them coming over to make sure this is what they want to do. If they don't want that to see if it's going to work, that's a red flag because they don't intend then to throw with it, right? Because they, they're not even given that opportunity. And it's much cheaper, right? To do a tourist visa <laughs> long-term too, right? Um, but someone that's going to change their stripes really fast they can't afford that, right? They can't afford to just be on a tourist visa. Does that make sense, right? Correct. They have to have something that's going to solidify them to be on this soil. So, so, so when we were watching the show, what they showed us was Memphis really wants to get married on this first visit. What was the truth of, of that? So I don't, I don't like, you know, with contracts and stuff like that, I don't okay. know exactly um, any of that. I don't like to muddle in that, you know? Okay. Um, 
Obviously, I've said plenty of words if you need if anyone needs to look them up in the depth in the dictionary to figure out what I'm really saying um, behind that. That's that's the way I rather do it Um, and really just focus on like. My truth and things that I've gone through, um, because I feel like that's, you know, the best bet, you know. Because I'm wondering when you were talking about kind of like red flags earlier, um, it made me think about Danielle and Johan. Um, and the reason it made me think about them is because when the plan was presented, you know, I'm going to move to the DR as opposed to you moving to the U.S., we saw his attitude change, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I was just wondering, like, if you are a person who's dating internationally and you want to, you know, just just check the validity of your relationship, the re- the realness of your relationship, you could propose moving to their country mm-hmm. and just see how that goes. A hundred percent. Or you could propose, let's travel together for some time in places where their money does convert well and mm-hmm. see how you get treated in those situations. Yep. That's what I would suggest, but. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I think it's really important uh, that we're having this conversation on. Uh, I think it's interesting, April, that you did bring up Danielle and Johan, because I, I know that they have made Danielle the villain um, in her seasons. And I think that, uh, it's interesting that they're like, oh, it's the bait and switch. And he always said that he wanted to come to America. Well, the interesting thing is, if you guys go back to her original first season, she always said that she wanted to move to the DR. Like yeah, That is. is where she stood. And her first season, she was packing her stuff to go to the DR. So it's so interesting how things can get muddled up. And, you know, we've seen this uh, on the show with plenty of couples, you know, the Mohammeds and Danielles, the Danielles and Johans. Um, we're seeing it with uh, Pedro and Chantel, even though, you know, that was a longer situation. But someone said it in the, con- here it is, it's a business. Good for all women that women will stand up for each other. It can happen to everybody. And I think that that's a really important point because A, here we are, talking about an issue that it's an issue of the heart, right? Mm -hmm. So you think that you're in love and you think that you found the one. And so, you know, we're rose, rose glasses, you guys, right? And we're coming from that perspective, Mm -hmm. not thinking that we're going to be scammed, not thinking that we're going to be used, not thinking that we're going to be manipulated. And I want to circle back to what Memphis said about, opening up too soon, right? So Mm -hmm. if it's a business, like uh, Borstar said, if someone is looking at this as, A, how am I going to better my life? B, this is a business. C, I know all the hoops and Mm -hmm. hoorah-rahs, and I can get this visa and not even have to change my lifestyle until I'm ready to bounce. And as soon as I get to America, guess what? I don't even have to, maybe I'll stay for like 30 days because I want to get situated, but then I can go to wherever I want to go. Um, those are important things to to put in perspective, mm-hmm. but it's hard to put it in perspective, in my opinion, in the moment, because mm-hmm. you don't realize that this person has ill intentions. Yeah. So 
uh, when I talk about, you know, what to look for, what to do if you find yourself in the, those situations, I think April and Memphis have given very clear and concise options, you know, get a travel visa, see if they're like, hey, my love is so strong, I'll travel to see with you, be with you, maybe I can only stay for 30 days, but <laughs> let's, let's mm -hmm. try that. Um, maybe you say, hey, you know what? I want to be with you so much that I'll come live with you for X amount of time and see how they respond to that. I mm -hmm. think it's really important to, to recognize all of those things, as well as uh, I want to talk about the family component, right? Because the family component, like Memphis says, you can't just say, hey, you know, the mom loves me, the dad loves me, the cousin loves me, they welcome me, they've given me gifts, they're showering me with love and affection. But you know what? If you go back again, Borstar, um, if it's indeed a business, it's a business and hey, guess what? If this person gets to America, not only have I seen it on the show, but I know that it's true, they're gonna send money back to support the family right? And where's that money coming from? In the first 90 days, it's definitely not coming from a K-1 visa holder who can't work until they get their visa. It could be coming from the CR-1 visa holder if they found a job immediately. But who else is that leaves? It leaves the American citizen, right? And we've already talked about like manipulating and the family loving you. So then you mm -hmm. have a sense of like, oh my gosh, I have a sense <laughs> of I have to take care of them. Um, and then there's also that, hey, they get to America, not only you're supporting their entire family back home, but guess what next happens? And April, you can speak on this after I, I say it to, to say it's true enough. But oftentimes I've, I've heard that the next thing they want to do is bring their family over. So I want to sponsor my mom. I want to sponsor my dad. I want to sponsor even my cousin and my brother. And, you know, I, uh, and I'm just putting it out there because I heard it and I saw it. So, you know, I'm not saying that this is the case for Lauren and Alexi, but, you know, Alexi talks, talked about in the season how he wants to eventually have his parents come over to America. And so that's something that you have to absolutely consider in all of this. April? Yeah, I think one of the other things that you would want to look at is, are they trying to match make your friends with their friends? Mm. Um if they are already making plans that have nothing to do with the place where you live. So if you, if you live in Massachusetts or Tennessee and they keep talking about Florida and New York, and you know, it could be an issue of them not really knowing the geography of the US, but it also could be an indicator that they have no intention on really living with you. And I also, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, one of the things that would be important to look for as well is are they creating issues where there were none before? Um, and I think of Molly and her first husband. What was his name? Luis. Les Luis, yes. Um, and how, you know, he got to Atlanta and literally, like 30 seconds later, all of a sudden she's this, she's that. He yeah, all of a sudden he was the Pope and she was a witch. That's right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he literally packed up his bags and was it was gone and he knew exactly where he was going he was going to new york and oh by the way i have family in new york oh do you really why is this the first time i'm hearing that right so those are all the things that 
it's unfortunate that we as women, and again, I'm speaking from a, my perspective as a woman, you have to pay attention to these things. And especially if you're a professional, I would say, oh. especially if uh, you are a woman of a certain age, because there are men that, that um, target older women, right? So like, like the Debbies um, and the Yolandas, um, and, you know, beautiful women, but still of a certain age that they think that they can specifically uh, target. Um, so those are all things that I think that we have to remember and uh, keep in perspective. And it's unfortunate because we just want love. But I do want to say, remember how I spoke about this congregation. We have some of these individuals to talk about different hints and things to do, just like a germ, right? You get an antibiotic, right, to kill it. And then guess what it starts doing, right? It starts changing its stripes, right, so that it can start to resist the medication. Now we have to, to find better medication to cover that. What I'm telling you is that they're learning how to evolve, right, to fly under the 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 line, right? Because now this is something that everybody knows. Oh, they go for older women, maybe more unattractive, blah, 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 blah. No, now it's like, it's all of us. I want women to realize that none of us are exempt. So if you think that you're professional and you're smart enough, your heart and your mind, they're two totally different organs. And so I just want people to be cognizant and knowing that just because you're book smart, don't mean that your heart ain't going to do something else. And you have to be careful because just because you're young and you're beautiful doesn't mean that they're not scamming you too. Percent. Um, April, <laughs> I'm going to go over to you. I want to talk about, um, so you have a child and uh, you find out that you're in uh, immigration fraudulent marriage. What do you do? And specifically, uh, let's talk about this hate convention. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So one of the problems that people might run into, depending on what country um, your partner is from, is worries about child abduction. Um, you want to definitely be proactive, go to the courts, get custody established. Um, get protection orders if you need to, um, get restrictions on whether or not your child can have a passport and who holds the passport um, for which countries. Um, if you have fear of that, you want to be possessive of your child's birth certificate so it can't be registered in another country. Um, I want to just take a minute, April. Okay. Memphis? Amy, you are loved. You are loved. And I know that this cannot be easy to share your story. And it's okay to be emotional. It's okay for this to be affecting you. It's okay. It's a release that you're doing here. And this vulnerability is helping someone else. And I know it's hard to be the people. I know it's hard to be the person that speaks out. And I know that your heart is broken and you've been through a lot, but I want yeah. you to know yeah. that myself, April, and the Melanated Sorry. community support you. We love you. And we, we don't necessarily understand 
what you're going through, but we are here for you. I know. I, and I appreciate it. I just, you know, you kick yourself, you know, you just kick yourself. You know, no, you you just do. And so that's just what I, what I do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And it's, it's hard, you know, because I'm not saying that, you know, it was anyone's fault. It's just that, Hey, you know, I was weak. I was vulnerable. And now I have to, you know, deal with the repercussions. And I just. It's a lot. I don't, yeah, I don't want nobody else to have to deal with having a child and that um, being just unsettled all the time. That's all. So it's in, this is pretty much the reason why I'm talking, really. So I'm, I apologize. Don't apologize. Don't apologize because you know what? This is real. And you know what? Someone sitting somewhere watching this has gone through something similar or is in something similar. And as women, what I love is that we tend to support each other in the hard times, in the difficult times, in the relatable times. I'm going to jump into the comments because I want to continue to show how much you're loved. Crystal says, you're so strong to help others by sharing your story. Uh, Becca is sending you love. It's okay, baby. We got you. And Diana says, we support and love you, Memphis. And JMM55 says, so sorry that you got hurt, Memphis. I saw your season. I was excited initially because I live in Metro Detroit. (laughs) Mission, Michigander? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry already, you guys. What is it, Michigander? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, oh, here, I'll tell you something. And y'all don't know this because it was on my Patreon, but I'm going to put myself out there. So, um, what was the other? Okay. So, someone was saying something about Tennessee. I don't know what the story was, but I was doing some news and gossip about Tennessee. And then I couldn't even think of one city. I was like, in. I, what did I say, Vanessa? I don't know. I said something. And then Memphis, Nashville. I was like, yeah, I would never have gotten that. That's how Okay, so back to Memphis, my girl. You got this. Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam. Yeah. See, international, worldwide. <laughs> um, Memphis, we've all gone through it one way or another. Yours was magnified by television. You are so real, and we are with you, Memphis. Oh, okay, you. Vanessa. Thank you. I said Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mama. Thank you for bringing it to everyone's attention. <laughs> I did not know. It was embarrassing. I I I googled and and then read. So now I know. You know, uh, Music City. So one of the things that I think that Memphis wants you guys to know, wants wants the world at large to know, is that um, custody rights revolving children are very different in other countries, um, particularly Muslim countries. And so that's something, if you're having a child with someone who has citizenship in one of those countries, you want to be cognizant of what those rules are and what rights you may or may not have in that country. Oh, you're going to have to elaborate. So if you are in a Muslim country, what do those rules look like when it comes to a child? 
So it depends on the actual country. The, one of the most restrictive is going to be Oman. In Oman, your children do not belong to you. They belong to the father. And if he says one of his other wife's names goes on that child's birth certificate, then that's what happens. Yeah, that part. Oh, wow. Um, Tunisia is, is um, pretty restrictive. I was told that if I did go back to that country or an Arab country that I could need a note saying that I have permission to take my daughter out of the country. Um, also, you know, being the father, you know, they have they have more rights um, usually than the mother. So how do you how do you April how do you protect yourself from something like that? Because I do watch a lot of true crime, as you guys know, um, and there have been I think they call it custodial uh, abduction. And oftentimes it's a situation where one of the parents uh, is going through a custody issue and they realize the court is going to grant custody to the other parent. So they last minute take off. And one specific true crime that I'm thinking about, um, it was the mom that took the kid and I, I can't remember where, but somewhere far and hasn't been seen since. So the dad is kind of figure out what his rights are. So what can, like, can they, as citizens, can, can they do anything? It's a very hard thing to control. If you know about it early enough, the best things you can do are not have that person listed on the birth certificate and passport control. But what, okay, so, but if you've had the child, you, can you unlist retroactively or no? It's very difficult because at that point you're talking about terminating somebody's parental rights. Mm -hmm. okay, so the best thing is just to never have them on the birth certificate. Oh, but what if you think that this is, you know, this is my spouse. If you've already got them on the birth certificate and you've already allowed them to have a passport for the other country, it's very hard to protect yourself against if they want to abduct your children. Oh, wow. Oh, so, so much to think about, eh? Mm -hmm. There's like so much to think about. So, because if you, for example, let's say, you know, I'm going to go back to Tom in Australia. If I'm like so in love with Tom and then I have a kid with Tom and I'm, I'm going to want to put his name on the certificate. It's not that I, it's not until later that I'm finding out that mm -hmm. I'm in a fraudulent marriage. And so there's no resources. There's nothing I could do about it. Australia, if you have a custody order in the U.S. and they violate that custody order, Australia is going to work with you on the return of that child if they find that child is there against that custody order. But there are some countries that are not going to recognize your custody order mm -hmm. in the U.S. So then and you, that is ours. Ours is like that. They don't recognize it. They're not they don't have a treaty with the U.S. The, the Hague Convention that mm -hmm. April was going to talk about. Yeah, okay, so let's go back to the Hague Convention. Yeah, if they're a treaty partner, then generally that means that you're going to get some assistance with child abduction issues, generally, not always. Um, but if they're not, you're, you're, you're either hiring your own resources to basically kidnap your children back, or you're just going, you're at the mercy of that person as to when you can see your child. That sounds crazy to me. 
It sounds crazy to me. It's a thing that people obviously don't know or think very much about when they choose to date internationally. Um, even if you are dating someone in a country that is, let's say like this country is like Australia, um, if that person goes to Australia and very, very quickly goes through the courts there and gets paperwork in place that establishes them as the custodial parent and they're presenting evidence, whether that's true or false, that you are a bad parent, it's a, it's a long road. That's a long battle. Um, I'm going to go to the comments. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Four stars saying, also, most of those countries do not work with the United States. April, is that true? Th that's correct. She's, I'm, well, I don't know if she's a she, but um, this person is referring to an earlier comment that they made where in Islamic rules, even if the country doesn't have that rule, the Islamic rule is, is above whatever the typical law is for that country. And that is that the man is in charge of the family. The man makes decisions for the family. So if the man has decided that the child needs to stay with him, then that must not be a very good mom. Or if he's put in the case of Oman, he could put the child with one of the other wives. And that's his right to do that. You know what? I it, that's just not okay. I just think that's not okay. And it's crazy that we're in 2023 and we're having to think about all of these things. And there's so many moving parts. And and I guess, April, one of the things that I want to touch on, and we don't have to do it right now, but before this is over, is like, what resources are there for people that find themselves in this situation? Like, what do you do? And especially, um, you know, in hard times where it costs money to do all the things that you need to do. What resources, are there resources? Is there like a immigration, <clears throat> I don't know, like- Immigration wise, there's there's really no resource for this. The If you find any kind of resource for this, it is a grassroots organization that some women have started mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, to try and assist other women. So that's unfortunate. And I guess my idea right now that just popped in my head and maybe if that exists and you're out there, definitely DM me or put it in the comment section. But um, for example, I know that there's a whole underground for people that have uh, suffered from DV, right? And there's a whole network of women and there are resources um, all across the country. I don't understand why there wouldn't be something like that for someone who finds themselves in a situation like this, especially when their children involved, April. I agree with you. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm not asking, I'm just saying, like that sounds crazy. So if you're out there and you exist, I would love to help spread the word and and just contact me and let let's let's continue to not only educate ourselves, but also empower ourselves with knowledge so that we can help others, right? And again, Memphis, mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate you um, sharing your story. I know it's not easy. I'm um, sorry for crying like a baby. <laughs> you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Well, I gotta tell you, it, it makes you very relatable. It makes you really, really, Listen, not everyone, everyone is going through something and everyone's been through some crazy type of situation um, and not everyone is willing to talk about it. So the fact that you're being vulnerable and open 
um, and sharing your story. And like, I mean, where was that person coming from across the world? Amsterdam. Yeah, sitting here getting knowledge from you, Memphis. So that just shows the reach and how important this is. Um, I wanna go to um, Crystal. I've learned a lot, Memphis. Tatiana, <laughs> please don't apologize for crying. Thank you. Um, Borstar says, my mom is Dutch and my dad is Algerian and they're still together. So to give some hope, it can work out also. Just be aware of the bad apples. Yes, yes. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring up awareness to the bad apples. Okay. And, um, you know, the bad apples <laughs> look like candied apples. Right? You bite into it, but you know how you're not supposed to bite into a can. That is a perfect metaphor. Linda, hear me out. So you know how you're supposed to lick the caramel, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Lick the caramel? Here, I don't know. Like, you bite it. You're not supposed to bite it because it's too hard. Is that a Canadian thing? Okay, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. This, this, is why, this is why you Americans are where you are. So you yeah. lick the caramel, right? And that takes time. This is a- Oh my goodness, no. That takes time. Instead of just biting into it, when you bite into it, it's like hard on your teeth. Doesn't it get like soggy-ish like feeling? Like, I don't know. I don't, ugh, no. I just want the apple with the caramel. I don't want to lick the caramel off. Y'all, you see what I have to deal with? <laughs> I am trying to make a metaphor and a point. And these fools are talking about the actual apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Four star between me and you that your comment i'm like totally gonna text my ex who's nigerian i mean uh, algerian see what we can get going you know what april you need to take several seats your ex is your ex for a reason when you're back, when you're back. <laughs> oh bless it right okay so um we also too wanted to talk about uh is it VAVA? VAWA. VAWA. It stands for the Violence Against Women's Act. And even though it has women in the title, it applies to women and men and says that if you have been the victim of abuse by your U.S. citizen or resident spouse, that you can self-petition for residency without their assistance, without really even having any information about them if you don't have it you can self-petition for residency. So anyone who has recommended this to Hamza, I mean, to, yeah, to Hamza, uh, would not be accurate. This is not the situation he's in. He's already been given a conditional residency. This is for people who have never been granted residency before. Is this a situation with uh, Eve, what's Eve's guy's name? Eve and Muhammad. Muhammad. So isn't this what he was trying to do? Wouldn't the fall under this? So he is either doing VAWA or U visa because he did file um, domestic abuse charges against her and apparently she did get arrested if I remember. Yeah, but uh, fast forward, the charges were dropped. The allegations were found to be untrue. Um, and so she's been cleared of all those charges, but he was. Uh, so let's talk about what the difference between VAWA and U visa are. Mm -hmm. So VAWA, you have to have been married to a U.S. citizen or a resident. 
for a U visa, the offender could be anybody. You don't, it doesn't have to be your spouse. If oh, you were the wow. victim of a qualifying crime, then you can apply for residency via a U visa, which is it's a three-step process. You won't get enough of all that. Okay, so let's say I came to America on a tourist visa, mm -hmm. and then I went to the bar and I got in a bar fight. Could I apply for the U visa? If the police report says that you were the victim of felony assault or something in that state that can be interpreted as felony assault, then yes, because there's oh a list of qualifying crimes. Oh my God! What Simple is happening right now? I can get a CR1 visa, conditional, and never step foot in the country. Or I could be like, hey, I'm going to come to America. Let me just get a travel visa. And then I'm going to get, like. I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. I'm going to get bloated and get in a fight <laughs> and get the knocked out of me and then go back and be like, hey, by the way, I want to stay here because that person felony assaulted me. Yeah. yeah. What the hell is going on right now? I'm going to take it further. You ready? I'm ready. The fact that the charges against her were dismissed doesn't preclude him from getting a residency via U visa. Stop it. Stop it. So then let me add to it. I can go to the bar, not actually get in the fight. I could just fall on the ground like how some people go to the grocery store and sue the grocery store because they tripped on their own feet. I could be like, oh, I fell on the ground, but... Um, Melanie over there, she punched me in the face so that <laughs> no one can prove that she did it. She gets charged. They find out that I'm a big fat liar and I'm still like, but hey, I get my U visa. Oh my God, that is- No, crazy. it would be up to, there are two people who could stop it. And the first step, the police have to sign off saying that you were a victim of a crime and that you were helpful to their investigation. They have 100% discretion on whether they sign off on these or not. There's no like appeal process if they refuse to sign off on it. So that, that could be a stopping point if the police are like, yeah, we're not signing it, and that's the end of it. But if they sign it, then it goes on to USCIS, and then USCIS, whichever officer reviews that file, makes the decision whether or not to grant it. So it can not get processed, but the fact that the charges are withdrawn or dropped doesn't preclude it from going forward. And the reason for that is, honestly, it's to protect people on the other side of the equation because there are a lot of women who end up being victims of abuse and then they go and have the charges withdrawn against the other person. And it's supposed to help them not be penalized for being having battered women's syndrome. I'm smiling and not because of that, because that's a very serious topic, but Borstar said, okay, who wants to get into a bar fight with me? There is actually, like, if you guys are TikTokers, there is a group of people who make hilarious jokes about um getting in fights because they're undocumented see i what what i mean why is this not more common knowledge you guys it's 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 horrible it's it's horrible i mean this is what this is the thing i like you guys are talking about the show i didn't even watch but maybe two episodes couldn't even bear it so you know i don't know what has gone on with other couples and things of that nature but I have had people send to me, you know, snippets. And it's very, very strange and kind of comical to me that the individual in my situation would be laughing at, like, I guess, uh, the Eve guy. And then I heard he said something else, like, about Jasmine. It's like, 
what in the, it's so crazy that you would want to display yourself. But when someone feels like they're up here and they play the game so well, um, you know, they start showing that arrogance. And it, it's very weird that, you know, women, we don't stay together enough, right? You look at me and then you look at him and they're, you know, they're like, oh yeah, he's the, he's a victim, you know, but when someone looks better, right, you tend to have, or you know, people think that he looks better, then I don't know what it is about women. They will still continue to praise that individual and not know anything about them, you know? So I, I just go, it's just, you know, it's crazy. I'm going to take it one step further. And uh, this is a controversial issue oh. uh, for some, but not for me, because I, I am a Black woman. I, you know, I may be Canadian, but I am a Black woman. I was about to say this, Linda. Let's go. What? I'm just saying, like, uh, okay, because I I'm about to go on a tangent. I feel it, so I'll say okay. this. So oftentimes, uh, uh, a lot of the times, black women are not appreciated. Uh, they're not respected. They're villainized. They're put in a stereotype that is 99.999% of the time untrue. And so it's very rare that you see if there is a two party, three party, four party, however many parties involved in a situation where people are going to come and support the black woman. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. So if something happened, oh, it's the black girl's fault. Uh, if there is a dispute, oh, it's the black girl's fault. And um, it's because, you know, I, without me getting totally crazy with it, it's because uh, we have been stereotyped for so many years. Uh, we have, I mean, we can talk about what standards of beauty is and, you know, other... <sighs> I'm just saying that oftentimes black women are not supported and they're made to look bad when indeed perhaps they're the victim. So next time you see a story, whatever the story is, there's a black woman involved, maybe research a little bit more before you jump to conclusions because the other party, like Memphis says, looks good or is exotic or is the standard of what the colonizer says is beauty. That's mm -hmm. it. Go ahead, April. What we see specifically on Any Day Fiance a lot of times is that Black women who appear on the show are looked at as being undeserving of love and undeserving of protection and just a mule for everybody else to pile on. We see this time and time again when we watch people on the show. We very rarely get to see a Black woman become a beloved character. Yeah. No matter what their attitude is, we have a woman who's currently on the show who speaks fluent her partner's language and gets no credit for it. Oh. No credit for it. And whether whether the person presents wearing a weave or they present wearing <laughs> braids, they get torn down for their hair, for their makeup. On this show in particular, and match me abroad, we have women who have done so much internal work and internal healing for themselves 
and are kind to other people and they still get thrashed and called ghetto and lazy. And and how can you say that about the women that we've seen? They're they're all accomplished. You know, so it's just a reflection of greater society that just doesn't see women as whole human beings. We're still fighting from a three-fifth standpoint. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you guys touched on that too, because this was a thing that, you know, <laughs> I was a foster kid, right? Homeless, all of that. I worked so hard to get to realize. And after that show, uh, I had false accusations about people who said that they were my patients. And I literally had to have, you know, had to go to the network and say, hey, this is what's going on. And they had to investigate to take those things down. Uh, but it's like for people who don't know you to look at this, uh, you know, a TV show or see you on TV and feel the need to try to take away your um, your reputation as a provider. Um Oh man, that just hurt me so bad. I just was like, wow, like you guys don't even know how much, you know, I've clawed out of, you know, a, a grave to be where I'm at. And now you want to just swipe that away from me and my family. So I think that that is really bad. And I hope that anyone, you know, who thinks of, you know, doing certain things, read your contracts and just, just be, just do your homework on any and everything that you do. Cause you know, you don't want to end up, you know, in a, in a place where, you know, you're, you're still fighting. I shouldn't be now, you know? Well, that was a lot right there for me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else do we want to cover? And you guys, as we, as we start to wrap this up, if you have questions in the live chat, please feel free to go ahead and pop them in. And if you're watching the replay, definitely put the comments in or your question in the comments and we will come back to them, um, specifically April, because she is the expert. Uh, I can give you my opinion because, you know, <laughs> that's what I do. But um, in all seriousness, April, I'll start with you, April. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I do want to cover one last thing. And that is if you're moving from the two-year conditional residency to the 10-year residency but you're no longer with your partner um, and you're requesting a waiver of that joint filing, there are five specific exceptions that the waiver covers. Uh, death of your partner, uh, if you entered into a bona fide marriage, but despite it being bona fide, it ended in divorce, um, and you have to prove all of that. Um, if you entered into the marriage in good faith, you were abused by your partner, um, if it would be, you're, you're no longer with the person, but it would be a hardship for you to return to your home country. Um, for whatever reason, that hardship can be based on your life in the U.S. or based on factors that are happening in your home country or a combination of both. And I'm missing one. I'll put it in the comments because <laughs> I'm missing one, one. Oh, the last exception is not dealing with the spouse. The last exception is dealing with if you were the child who came in and you received a conditional residency and you were abused by your step-parent. Um, that's also an exception where you can get a waiver of that joint filing. Linda, you're muted. <laughs> 
Memphis, is there something else that you want to cover before I move into the questions? No, no, no. Go ahead. All right. First question is from Vanessa. Vanessa says, what part of this whole thing evokes the most emotion for you, Memphis? What hurt you the most, the relationship or how you were treated in the media? <laughs> the relationship. Um, and it wasn't the relationship. Um, it was how I was treated in, within that. Um, when you give someone an option to exit um, in some capacity without like, you know, talking too openly about it. So yes, within the relationship and now the lagging with uh, the minor child, that's what's hurting the most. April on mute. Are there any resources that you can recommend for us to learn more about these issues? Now, are you referring, Tatiana, to immigration or like red flags and international dating? So while we wait to hear from uh, Tatiana, you guys, I absolutely appreciate you guys, all of you being here and your great questions. And I really want to take a moment to thank you, April, for your wisdom, your knowledge, and helping bring awareness to such an important issue. Uh, April, if someone wants to reach out to you um, and, you know, finds themselves in some type of situation where they need immigration legal advice, where can they find you? You can find me, um, if you go on my YouTube page in my bio, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with me. Um, you can also find that on my Instagram, which is April R. Holloway. Well, yeah, at April R. Holloway. Um, or my business Instagram, which is at Holloway Legal PLLC. Perfect. Coming back to Tatiana about the resources that you recommend us to learn more about these issues when it comes to red flags in international dating. Well, I recommend that you follow Memphis because she's going to start dropping dime on all of the red flags that we need to know. Um, Little by little, you're going to be coming out with more stuff, just kind of you have a schedule yes. or kind of sporadically. So um, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out, trying to because obviously you see I'm not really socially savvy. I'm a little bit more. So I have to kind of work on how to kind of start getting that stuff out. But I need to soon. So I don't know. I'm going to start thinking about how to present it so soon. Perfect. In the meantime, you guys go ahead and subscribe to all of us. Memphis, April, and myself, and we'll promise we'll continue to bring these important issues to light. Um, and maybe, you know, down the road, we'll have a part two um, and talk about where do we go from here. In the meantime, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Head over to April's page at Holloway Legal PLLC. Um, people are excited already. Oh, great, Memphis. I'll be looking for that. So proud of you, Thank Memphis. You. Um, you guys will be back. And in the meantime, uh, happy Friday and spread the knowledge. Oh, you know what? You guys are going to make me cry. They're really, thank you. People are saying like, sharing your story, Memphis, and April giving us, you know, what are the rights are is amazing. Oh, Lord, there's still more going. If you're from abroad, do we need to get into a bar fight first for free consultation? Oh, you are still stuck on that. Listen, you better stay. You better stay. It's not worth it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much.
the live chat is ridiculous. 